Hey everybody, welcome back to the Elevated Project Podcast. This is the recently resurrected Elevated Project Podcast. This will be episode number 56. Last time we recorded was in October of 2021. So we are back at it. Today, Jamie and I get into some catch up on what we have been doing both personally and professionally. And then we dive into some interesting transparency. You guys will have to listen to get the full scoop. And I hope you enjoy it. So, And once again, there's a safer use protocol in there. You do not need to be taking 150 micrograms of clenbuterol no. ever at any point in time. No, More is not better, right? And cycling it like three days on, one day off, five days on, two days. There is some crazy shit out there that is fueled by nothing more than experiential bro science and it drives us fucking bananas. Sorry, I'm shaking. Shake. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the recently resurrected uh, Elevated Project podcast. I am Mike Castelli, and this is Jamie Granville with a mouthful of coffee. <laughs> Sorry, coffee is life right <laughs> coffee now. Coffee is life for her right now. So we've been kind of missing in action with this podcast. Yep. Whose fault is that? Both of ours. Ah, it's probably mostly mine because of my silly schedule. Um it's really hard to schedule this when you're a shift worker. I always use that as an excuse, but, but anyways, excuses aside, here we are. Um, what's been going on in our life? <laughs> well, I don't even know when the Lots last, shit. I don't even know when the last time was we did a podcast. Oh my God. I it don't was, even know. it was quite some time ago. Yeah. Um, I don't even think I was in prep yet. No, it was. So, and I started last year. Yeah. And I started prep in, I think it was in December. Yep. So yeah. Um, right before Christmas, maybe. So, mm-hmm. so it's been, it's been a while. Um, what have we been doing? Well, you're in prep. Yes. You're deep in prep. You got six weeks till TNT till your TNT show, which is requal- Edmonton. Yeah. So I need to requalify at a regional show and she won't say it, but I am hopefully optimistic that she will come in first. I'm not saying anything. I know she's I not, but she's going to. <laughs> um, I have faith. So you're, yeah, you need to get, you need to qualify so you can go to Pittsburgh. Yes. So the plan is to do master's nationals in Pittsburgh four weeks after TNT. Yep. So up in, the, up in the game a bit, be going to the States to compete. Um, yes. Different caliber of athlete there. So um, it's a pretty big deal for me anyways. Mm-hmm. That will be our summer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. All of the holidays have been taken so that Mike can be my fluffer. <laughs> it's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it, right? Yeah. Um, so we still got elevated on the go. It's doing really well. Um, we've added uh, another person to elevated, um, Derek Fishley. He's awesome. 
he's not joining us today. He will in the future. So why don't you talk about Derek a little bit so people know about him? Well, um, well, Derek works at um, works at Gym of the North where, where we train. He, he's pretty young, but at the same time, he's not very young. I no. mean, he's got a, he's got a lot of life experience um, and just like training and bodybuilding experience. I think he's been lifting for quite some time. He went from being like pretty out of shape and overweight kid to, you know, finding a passion for bodybuilding. So, mm-hmm. you know, he has half of a degree of exercise physiology, which um, he's kind of put on hold just because he has realized that it isn't really going to um further his career as a coach yeah he's actually uh, he's getting work and experience in the trenches right now um which is good and so he's actually my training partner now he's also he's like what two years older than my my oldest child which is kind of weird Derek's 21 yeah Yeah. and my son's turning 19 (laughs) so I mean it's I don't know it's yeah I mean age isn't a big thing but why don't you train with me why don't I train with you? Because yeah. your schedule never works out with me. See, there it is. And you don't like training with me. Sometimes a little rough. She's, so she's tough to keep up. <laughs> um, so and actually, so Derek and I also have very similar training philosophies and coaching yeah. philosophies because of the fact that he did J3 University um with John Jewett. Um, he actually had Luke Miller as a coach before I did. So I went from, I think that's probably one of the changes too that's happened. So I was coaching with John yeah. Jewett. Uh, I was with him for what, like almost two years. Mm-hmm. And not that there was absolutely anything wrong with coaching John. Yeah, I just awesome. you know, I started doing some consults for mentorship um just with some contest prep clients uh with Luke because John of course is so busy and you know, his priorities had just shifted, which is, which is normal. I mean, that's, that's, he knows what his passion is and it's educating, but he, you know, he's in the middle of, I think he was in like in the middle of prep and, Mm. you know, just, and the guy's busy. So, so, you know, I decided to do some consults with Luke instead is basically his right hand man and really, really connected with Luke, like really Looks really good. well. Yep. And I just, you know, I had the conversation with John about moving over to Luke and, you know, as, <clears throat> as, as close as their, their coaching styles are. Um, and John was very thorough. Luke has taken me to like a completely different level. So, so yeah, there's, there's that totally got off topic, but um <laughs> So Derek had coached with him. Yeah. And then. Um, yeah. I like Derek because he's very, very science-based, very evidence-based and starting at such a young age like that, that's going to serve him well. And that obviously fits with our mold of what we like on um, whether it comes to supplementation, training, nutrition, um, evidence-based. And maybe that's a topic we'll get into today about maybe coaching. That's not evidence-based um, maybe down a few minutes down the road, we'll maybe get into that. We have a few burning topics we want to talk about. Um, but then I've made a few changes too. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I went through a little hiatus of taking a break from coaching and maybe taking a break from social media. And then I realized that coaching is something I really need to do. So I was kind of at a crossroads. Um, I'm not a performance-based athlete anymore, even though my occupation 
requires me to be performance-based athlete. What's your job again? Uh, I'm your fluffer. <laughs> Very performance-based. <laughs> um, I'm a firefighter. Um, I'm a captain now, so I'm not as involved on the fire ground and task oriented, um, role, but it still can happen, but, um, not a performance-based athlete as in CrossFit anymore. That's, those are years behind me. I'm not a competitive bodybuilder. I've toyed with the idea, but it's not my gig. Um, so you do really well at it. Well, thank you. Just saying. She always says that. Um, he doesn't but, like to be told what to do though. So it is really well. Very good thing. I'm a captain. Um, but, uh, I like to look good and feel good. And I, I'm far beyond thinking that's a shallow goal. That's just a goal that lots of people have. So anyways. And you're almost turning 50. What the? No, <laughs> really? Shh, I'm not supposed to tell. 28. I'm a 28. Yeah. Um, yeah, my 50th birthday is right on the corner. So, so what resonates with me, I thought I'm going to bring to the coaching. And so I started a new brand that's just an offshoot of Elevated called Prime 50. And it's really not just for guys that are 50. Um, it's just guys that want to look good, feel good, as simple as I can say it. And that's going to involve training, nutrition, supplementation, TRT advice, head advice if needed. Um, and yeah, it's the whole package. So I'm bringing the whole package to the table. In years past, I've just stuck to nutrition. That's my forte. Supplementation, that's my forte. Um, I've seen and experienced training programs for a long period of time um but i'm going to start training for people obviously i have a very good resource here that can help me with that training and jamie programs for me so so that's new that's new and just launched recently and there's a lot of hype around that so i'm excited um it's good that's what we got going on so that's what we've been doing um but what are what are we going to talk about today? We over the past couple of days we had some burning burning issues, and they always come from our clients, um, or new clients, or stuff we hear and see in the industry. So, what's the taboo? Let's talk about some taboos. Well, this so, isn't a sex podcast, by the way. No, no. So, um, I've been wanting to talk about these topics for quite some time. So, um, but I'm, I've always been hesitant to talk about the use of anabolics and performance enhancing drugs within the use of females. It's getting heavy. And I feel like I need to talk about it from a place of my own experience. Mm -hmm. And so I've been very hesitant to talk about it because of the fact that there is such a huge stigma around women using anabolics still. Yep. And I really feel like it's just um, misinformation and people not being educated because if you were to ask just someone on the street about anabolics or like steroids, they just automatically assume like, oh, you're just like injecting steroids and ruining your health. That's the general population's assumption. Yeah. In a nutshell, it's dangerous and you're going to wreck your health. That's not true um there's far more to it than that but with um let's just say with some of the stuff that's going on out there with what is being rx for women for performance enhancing drugs is definitely detrimental to our health by the way rx means prescribed yeah 
Yes. So the protocols that are be given, being given are absolutely horrendous. And just recently I've witnessed, you know, quite a few of those protocols they've come across my mm-hmm. desk, mm-hmm. you know, and I thought that things were getting better, but I was sorely mistaken. Unfortunately. Um, so I guess what, I, what I wanted to do though, is I wanted to talk about it from my experience because I think that there are a lot of people that talk a lot of talk about it, but actually haven't been through the experience <laughs> and don't understand, um, don't understand it because they haven't had it happen to them. And something I'll throw in there. Um, there is not that many female coaches. No, I and mean, maybe not in Canada. So yeah, well, I know there are, the, I know in the States, so there's definitely more, but not to be gender biased, but having a male coach um, prescribe uh, a performance enhancing drug protocol for a female. Um, it's not that they can't, but they might not completely understand the detrimental effects in the past when it's all been based on mostly men, you can't swap right? You can't swap protocol for protocol. No. Right. There's a far greater or far less margin for error with females um, for lots of different physiological reasons. Yeah. And there's a number of different pathways to, mm-hmm. to access before actually say using any type of anabolic. Mm-hmm. So. Wait, you mean the first go-to drug wouldn't be anabar? Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> I'm going to trigger her. <laughs> um, why don't we, why don't we do this? Um, you before ask I get me you, about my experience, I'm going to ask you about your okay. experience. Yes. Before we get, before I trigger her and we go down a rabbit hole, why don't you tell our watchers? Cause we're recording this on video and our listeners, um, just about, I guess your experience with coaching and performance enhancing drug use. Okay, well, I, I think I just want to approach it as like my own experience about when I decided or what made me decide to go down that path. So, I mean, I think that I started competing at first in like 2008. So it was a long time ago. Really had no fucking clue what I was doing. And I, you know, I had hired someone who was um, an Olympian. Um, so, you know, of course, thinking that they knew everything I did, I was, I was natural then I never used anything besides ephedrine. Um, so, you know, I've always been active. I've always lifted weights. I think I had my first personal trainer when I was 19. So it's, it's something that I have done all throughout my life. And I've always carried a good amount of, of lean mass. Um, fast forward to like, let's say like well, I guess I, you know, I had kids around 2003. So, you know, I stepped back from competing in 2008 because my kids were really small and it was just too much. And I had a partner that didn't support me either. So I pulled the pin, went on to do a number of other things, owned businesses, um, raised my kids. I also worked in the medical field for, you know, even before I had children and then afterwards I did. So, you know, it's not like I, I ha- don't have a good knowledge of anatomy, physiology, even some pharmacology coming from medical um, background. So I think it was around, what year was it? When we met? 2018. 18. So I, I had fired Mike because I was performance-based athlete. So I was competing in CrossFit 
again, kind of broken myself and I was tired of being like bulky and fat. I didn't do that. Yes, you did. It's oh, all your, it's all your fault. God, all my fault. All, all your fault. Yep. I didn't make any of those decisions on my own. <laughs> um, so, so I quit CrossFit and decided to go back into just bodybuilding with the intention of getting back into competing at some point. So I think probably it was like 2018, you know, and I had tried to find, I felt like I just was at that point. I'd had kids already, wasn't planning on having more kids. And I was entertaining the idea of becoming an enhanced athlete. Anything that I could find, you know, just online and forums was of course, women start with Anabar. It's just, that's just the go-to. Um, and so, you know, discussions with Mike and Mike had a pretty good knowledge of, you know, hormones and anabolics and at least for men, Mm -hmm. right. So not for women. So, you know, we came down to deciding, well, why don't we hire one of the high end, higher end sought out well-known coaches within bodybuilding industry that coaches only females and is supposedly, you know, one of the best and obviously knows a lot about um, female protocols for mm-hmm. anabolics. So I went ahead and hired this said person. Mm-hmm. And of course, what was the first, first <laughs> step was um, Anavar. Yep. And you know, originally at first, <laughs> I remember so I said to Jamie, Hey, let's hire this coach. And she's like, Oh, okay. And we were both really excited about it. Cause I was like, I'm going to learn. She's going to learn. And it's going to be great. Um, and I remember looking at the protocols thinking, okay, you know, I don't know much about female ped use, but I'm like, I guess this seems okay. And so we kind of push forward with that. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and you did really well. Yeah. Okay. Let's be clear. It's yeah. like, you didn't have any, detrimental health effects then Um, then um you did really well you had a lot of phenomenal physique changes yes but in hindsight knowing what i know now i look back on it and i go oh my god i don't want any more women to go through this yes i want (laughs) and you became close with um a couple of this coach's athletes as well yeah i did yeah and they ended up sort of falling off the scene. Yep. Um, yeah, completely trashed. So, you know, a lot of them did really well for a short period of time and then were com- completely blew themselves up. So, you know, just wrecked. Yep. You know, a couple of them I don't think even compete anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's been, that was 2019 when I competed. So, um Still, they still now are just at the point where they have recovered from, you know, stepping on the Olympia stage because that's where they were with him. Um, so yeah, so started, you know, pretty, let's say, basic with with Anavar, um, yeah. and you know, as as prep started and went on, then there were protocols of more compounds, so moving to injectable, yep, um, anabolics. And some of the, the protocols that he had shot my way were, were they were pretty aggressive. And yep. we, you know, Mike and I talked about it and read about a lot is whatever we could find. 
And, you know, and it's funny because I actually put my feelers out to talk to other women that were enhanced, that were high level, like IFBB pros, um, because where I'm, where I live, there, there aren't any, and there, we really don't have a huge bodybuilding community. Um, and anything that I ran past them, they were just like, oh no, that sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> nope. That's, that's normal. Like, yeah, just like, that actually is like a pretty um, prudent dose. And I was like, okay. So um, still ended up doing, not doing everything that was recommended mm-hmm. or suggested. And at one point did have to reduce some of the yeah. dosages that we, I did decide um, because I was having some negative sides. Mm-hmm. So my skin was starting to get pretty bad. Um, I was losing my hair and I recognized it right away. And just that, you know, pulled back. So, and so yeah. Even then at the time, it's like, I don't think either one of us were questioning this coach's protocols. It was just like, Hey, these are kind of aggressive. And I know for me, I never really had any doubt until there was a protocol change and I guess we can talk right. about it. It was, it was so that a was, T-ball. A that, ball. So that was off season. That was off season. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so I ended up winning everything at my show, which yeah. was really great. I mean, awesome. it's not like my physique was, it was phenomenal for the first time stepping back on stage after 10 years. Um, and, and, you know, I had worked with him for what, it wasn't even a year. I don't think. Year, no. Yeah, it was close to a year. So it was once we went into off season and one, the off season, there wasn't much direction. There wasn't much structure. It was, you know, just eat like, God, I can't remember how many calories I was at. Cause he didn't really give calories. It was more of just a meal plan, but then it was on top of that, eat an extra thousand calorie meal once a week. And like, God, I just felt like a stuffed potato and, you know, my body composition was not great. And then, and then also what he was RXing for, for, for gear was. Well, yeah. And I remember you got the, you got the new protocol and I was like, yeah. I was like, wow, that's a really straight. So one of the compounds, and this is, we're not going to go into detail on everything. Um, but one of the compounds that was RX was an oral called Turinabol. And when I saw this on Jamie's protocol, I was like, oh, that's really interesting. I'm like, why did he RX that? And you went so I asked him because I asked a lot of questions. You did. Yeah. And that's, that's normal. You should ask your coach lots of questions and they should have a reason for doing what they're doing. Right. Always. And the reason was just to change it up. Yeah. And I was like, uh, no, 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 you no, that's not a reason. You don't just, just switch shit up like that. And especially if it's an oral, especially if it's hepatotoxic, I'm like, why are we just changing this up? And right then I was like, okay, I don't feel really great about this. No. And then, um, and keep in mind, this is one of the most well-known coaches in the industry. Well-paid and very well-paid. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and this was also with using an injectable as well. Yeah. So he was, and it wasn't a small dose of T-ball. It was like 30 milligrams. How much does a male take usually? 40, 80, 100. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that was a bit of a red flag. And, and by the way, Turner ball is mostly well-known in the strength and Olympic lifting community and not so much we're putting on lean body mass. And that's one thing I was like, okay, this doesn't make a ton of sense right now either. Right. Um, 
So. Yeah, and so at one point, because I've always been very diligent about getting labs done, mm-hmm. like that's something that has always like always been important. You know, I did a Dutch test before I started anything to get a baseline. Um, I've done a number of Dutch tests, and I always time everything appropriately. You know, for for lab work or for Dutch tests, and um, and then so I had lab work done. And my hematocrit was bananas and my lipids were like not in a good place. So I think this was like, I think this was right about the time that COVID hit. Yeah. It was March. Yep. And this was like the heaviest I'd ever been except for when I was pregnant. So (laughs) I was 185. And you were thick. Yeah. And (laughs) I was just like uncomfortable and puffy and, it just, you know, it was just not a good feeling. Yeah. And my training, like the training, the programming that I was getting was not awesome, you know, and obviously just cookie cutter that he'd given everyone else. So, um, that's when I started talking to is actually Christina Mm -hmm. and because she was with John Mm -hmm. Jewett and we had watched John at the the olympia Olympia. yeah we went and watched him and i've been following him on instagram for quite a while and so that was the point that i was like okay something has to change i talked to christina about it and you know number of conversations with christina and she couldn't recommend john moore so i reached out to him and he was like yeah for sure i'll totally take you on and then that's where the recovery began. And things were vastly different. Things were vastly <laughs> different. Like basically he pulled me off of everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that he probably was like, if he would have had hair, he would have pulled it out. <laughs> um, looking at that protocol and stuff that I'd been doing. But it, I mean, it, it was, it's not like he hadn't seen it before because right. a number of girls had gone to him from that client, that coach anyways. Yep. yep. Right. So, so fast forward. Um, so, so coaching with John was phenomenal um, from a nutrition supplementation, um, you know, ped RX and everything, right. Um, everything was vastly different and that sort of set the stage for recovery, um, changing your physique in a positive manner, and then learning a lot about how to coach properly. Um, we've had a lot of discussions recently about this and, and I have a, I recently did an Instagram post, which I'm sure lots of people have seen, um, talking about coaching. And if a coach has a lot of experience, it doesn't make them a good coach. If a coach has a ton of certifications, it doesn't necessarily make them a good coach. If a coach has a phenomenal physique, it doesn't make them a good coach. Like none of those things will ensure that you have a good, competent coach, um, that makes it really hard to find a good coach, right? So then what do you look for? You need to look for all three of those plus a coach that is invested in your health. And if I'm going to add to that, a coach that is evidence-based and that's really, really key because in the past, there's been a lot of anecdotal bro science and that's really all that lots of coaches had to go on. Oh, this worked for this person in 1985. So we're going to continue to do that. But the science has caught up and the science is highly accessible now and it should be applied. Um, And there's compounds that have been used for years that shouldn't be used in humans. 
like EQ, oldenone. It shouldn't be used. And why not? Because right? uh, it'll trash your kidneys, right? It's not approved for human use. Well, and it jacks your hematocrit. And it jacks your hematocrit. And we're talking about coagulation profiles and stroking out. And there's, yeah, there's lots of things like that. So, so then from John, you jump to Luke. Um, as yeah. John became more of an educator versus coach yeah. um, and his J3 university, which we cannot harp on enough is probably one of the best mentorships either of us have ever done for sure. Well, it's not necessarily a mentorship. I mean, yeah. not everyone gets the, yeah. not everyone actually, I mean, I've been very lucky to have the close relationship that I've had with John and with yeah. Luke. I don't think that's the norm, but I, they were also my coaches too. Yeah. So um, and, you know, and I went down to Texas and trained yes. with Luke as well and met him. Um, but Luke is, is more into the coaching, right? Yeah. Yes. yeah. So you switched to Luke and it's been a good change since. So, yeah. A big shout out to my sponsor at Relief Natural Wellness. As most of you are aware, CBD has been trending for a hot minute. Now, we all know what happens when something is crazy popular Everyone wants to make a quick buck, and this means a lot of cheap, ineffective, and low-quality products on the market. CBD has become super popular for good reason. It is a great all-natural option for treating a variety of conditions like pain, inflammation, sleep, stress, mood, and digestion issues. Relief Natural Wellness is a Canadian company, and they've built their brand on quality. They use only the highest quality Canadian grown hemp for a variety of products ranging from topical to tinctures and complete third-party lab testing on all CBD to demonstrate potency and purity. This is so important for anyone who might be subject to drug testing for THC in occupation or in sport. Their testing provides comfort knowing you'll pass those tests and they even sponsor athletes and retain many customers who do routinely undergo drug testing. Relief sets themselves apart from the plethora of CBD products with their evidence-based formulas. This combines specifically selected essential oils to elevate the benefits of CBD, just another reason why their products really are more effective than other CBD products you might find on the market. So don't buy your CBD at a gas station hit up www.yourrelief.com for your next online purchase. Use Jamie10 in the checkout for a discount. So that's, that's been your journey. Yeah. And, and you know, and I've been, <clears throat> I've just been very quiet about it for a couple of reasons. Mm -hmm. One um, is because of your role of, owning Nova three labs, which, which yes, which we'll talk about. That's mm -hmm. also something that has changed. That's something that's changed. <laughs> um, and I guess it's just because of, you know, it's just the judgment that is formed around the use of, of anabolics, yep. right. Even like, you know, the fact that I am on t like testosterone replacement, which you know, lots of people probably don't know. No. I mean, you're and, pretty transparent about that now, but you know, I am, I'm turning 45. Right. So it's, it, you know, it's, that's something we can do what we can do another podcast about yeah. is just testosterone replacement that's a whole podcast for so. not just for men, but for women, because, you know, women still do have testosterone. Mm -hmm. Yes. We have a very small amount, but it still is very vital. It plays a very vital role so in, vital. <laughs> in 
in the production of our other hormones as well. And just in like our quality of life. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, my testosterone was low. Yep. And so by supplementing with something that I already make in my body, um, that's just the foundation of, yep. of, you know, of optimizing your health Yes. from a hormonal standpoint, especially if you're a female, in, female and you're in, you know, physique, and there will be a big disconnect um, with probably a lot of people listening about this too. They'll be like, oh yeah, I've heard about TRT for guys. And I know guys need testosterone and it's for building muscle and it's for libido and it's for all these great things, but it is absolutely essential for females too, but not a lot of people, even physicians and clinicians will understand that there is a huge um, void within the community, the medical community about the understanding of the essential nature of testosterone for females. And I think that's something that you want to bring transparency to. Yeah. And I think it's just the whole judgment piece, especially because just building a business, I didn't want to come across as, and we live in a pretty small community where, you know, there aren't many female coaches like me. Um, there aren't many female coaches that are transparent about anything that they are doing. And, but I mean, for me, what they won't understand is that I do have a very good understanding. And I also use a safer use model. That's key. That's so um, important to both of us. But it's, it's like a lot of people view it as, oh, well, she's just cheating. And And, (laughs) and if, you know, if she was to coach me, she's just going to push drugs on me, which is absolutely the exact opposite, right? I want people to use their own full natural potential first, because gear is not magic. It is not like the end all be all. And if you don't have all of your other puzzle pieces together and ready to put together, it, it isn't, it isn't going to make things work. No, you know, it's, it's a not going to the puzzle. It's a tool in the toolbox, right? It's not going to make, if you don't, if you don't have your sleep, if you don't have your food, if you don't have training and you know, stress management down and you can't even like manage to drink a liter of water a day, do you think that adding in anabolics is going to help? No. no, it's probably actually going to make things worse. Yeah. Yeah. And I think from a transparency piece, um, and not a lot of people will know this because I haven't really been transparent about this. I've been on TRT since I was 41 and I turned 49 in a couple months. So it's been eight years. And obviously I've kept that quiet because of my role with Nova being a owner of uh, Nova three labs, which I'm no longer an owner. Um, Nova was acquired by the boys at bear complex and they're going to do a phenomenal job with that. Uh, I'm still involved as far as supplementation formulation for the company. That's it. I'm not an owner. Um, So this gives me the opportunity to be really transparent about what I do and what I want to bring to the community. And over the past few years, one of the big things that Jamie and I have seen is, is an explosion in the accessibility to anabolics. In the past, part of the reason why people probably didn't do it was they didn't know where to get it. But now with the magic of the internet, you can get anything anywhere at any time delivered to your door in like five minutes. So over the past few years, I've seen a lot of guys getting into anabolics and self-administered TRT without proper direction. And they're running into issues. And in the U.S., 
The U.S. is far ahead of Canada as far as, let's say, TRT clinics. Um, we have very few TRT clinics uh, within Canada. That's just a Health Canada issue. Um, but, but without going into that, that's something that I want to help guys with, is guide them through proper use protocols. And whether that's going to be with your physician, with a naturopath, self-administered, and there's reasons for doing each, um, guys need guidance on that because um, you can run into issues. And the amount of guys that are using compounds they shouldn't be using, using SARMs inappropriately, um, that's a whole other topic. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we, we want to be, be completely transparent about this because people are doing it and they need help and they need guidance. And that's what we want to bring to the table. Yeah. And I guess, I mean, for women, it's a whole different. It's very complex. Um, it's a whole different picture of where to start and what to do. Yes. Right. As opposed to say men. Mm -hmm. um, and women are far more complex than men. Yeah. You but the thing, the thing with women though, is like, we have a number of other pathways that we can access before you even consider the use of anabolics. That's true too. Right. Yeah. Which we're talking about physique enhancement. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, and one of the biggest things that I see is like, people just don't get lab work done. Like, oh, like, come on. You have to, when you start manipulating and using exogenous hormones, it is your own responsibility and it's a due diligence thing to do lab work. You have to get lab work done or you can run into serious problems. But if you don't have a coach that's, that's telling you like, okay, before we even have this discussion about anything, you need to have these labs done, whether your doctor will do them or whether you have to pay it a pocket, like that's step number one. Yeah. That's like, even, even for me, before people start prep with me, it's like you first you have to get, and that's just for prep. You need to have labs done. That's a non-negotiable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is kind of amazing how many coaches will, will RX stuff like uh, for women, like Anavar, Winstrol, EQ and labs. No, don't get labs done. Don't need labs. This is just what you're doing to prepare for your contest. Um, but you need baseline labs done. You need them done before you need them done maybe during and you definitely need them done after right because they're going to have an effect on your complete system and your endocrine system mm -hmm. right this these aren't benign substances right and we'll eventually do a podcast on SARMs. SARMs aren't benign either except just because they're oral doesn't mean they're benign and there are some that are definitely um better for women to use mm -hmm. than than for men this is true so and this is something too that i think that isn't well known. isn't well known or understood you know and yeah. i mean i've listened a lot to well, of course john and luke um victor black is another one like Phenomenal resource. um joe jeffrey Phenomenal there's another resource. one yep. um ag morris like they're these, i was gonna say these are coaches that are are cutting edge yep. with science, right? Yes. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, we could go into just with females, like the other pathways that can be accessed before you even consider that. Cause I think that lots of women don't even understand. No. And, and even just like the, the disconnect between them thinking that an oral is safer than an injectable, you know, that's, that's another one. Well, and you know, I understand why people think that because all of a sudden they're like, Oh, if it's a pill or if it's a liquid and I take it orally, it's safe, but it's, it's a little bit to wrap your mind around. Oh, I need to draw this up. I need to subcutaneously 
or intramuscularly inject this. And if you're not involved in the medical field and you haven't been doing this for like 25 years, um, it can be a big thing, right? And it is, you shouldn't take it lightly, but it's far safer than using something that can be like toxic to your liver. When I talk about hepatotoxicity, that's like damaging your liver, right? Um, there's, it's, it's, a, it's a deep rabbit hole to go down. I don't know if we want to get into that right this podcast. Yeah. But, but just like throwing a few things out there for females, like mm-hmm. a lot of them don't even understand that using something like, like one or two units of growth hormone. Mm-hmm. Yep. Far better option than 30 milligrams of Anivar. Yeah. Right. But even, I mean, even so here's the other thing too, five milligrams of Anivar. Is it five milligrams? You're getting it from an underground lab. Yes. And then even that amount is like a higher dosage than what should actually be used. If you were looking at ratios from like, from any type of male model or or like clinical study or clinical application that has been used, you know, because a lot of these, I mean, the reason why they were created is because they were used in a medical field. Yes. Right. They were used clinically for a specific reason and have been had how many of hundreds or possibly thousands of human studies done. Yeah. Right. Um, And so, and of course the dosages that are being used in, in like clinically are completely different from then what we would use for performance enhancement. Right. And, you know, if you look at. Because they used 1200 milligrams in females (laughs) for primable and doesn't mean that you use 1200 milligrams in females. No, no. And I'm being very extreme and that is actually a study. Um, But things like primable and masteron, Anivar. Anivar is approved for human use. Yeah, NPP. NPP, so nandrolone. Um, but the 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 devil's in the details when it comes to the dosing. Always, yeah. always, right? And more is not better. And this is something that is within the bodybuilding community. It's more, 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 more. And why are we seeing um basically every month there's a bodybuilder dying? Why are we seeing this? Because it's that whole concept of bigger more, I need more, right? Well, for women, it isn't, I mean, yes, dosage, but it's also duration. Yes. Right? Duration yeah, is I know. a I'm, huge I keep thinking piece. about guys. Yeah. talking about women here. Yeah. Right. Exposure. But there's like, yeah. you know, and then there are a number, a couple of um, ancillary substances too, like, like Telmasartan. Nobody listening no. will probably know what Telmasartan is. But everyone knows what Carterine is. GW5015 and 6, Carterine. Right. Endurable. Which is not approved for human usage uh, and no. is carcinogenic. Yes. But people still take it, yep. whereas you could take Telmasartan, which yes, is you could. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, yep. I mean that's like a whole. And then metformin is another one. Yeah, which is yes. Um, these are ancillary drugs that will offset some of the negative effects of anabolics. And if you're looking at being involved in this lifestyle in this industry, whether you're competitive or not, um, and I've posted about this. And it's where my mindset is at because I'm almost half a century old. I'm thinking, oh, okay, I want to keep my quality of life where it's at right now. Is that long game, the long game approach? What can I do to ensure the quality of my health over the long term? Things like metformin, things like telmasartan, these are long game pharmaceuticals that will improve. And, you know, metformin's been involved in the longevity clinic for, or 
clinic in the longevity community for a very long period of time, offsetting inflammation, reducing blood glucose levels. Um, it's one of the best and safest pharmaceutical drugs out there. And it's been around forever since like the fifties or sixties. Right. And there's even the use of insulin too, you know, yes. in females. So mm-hmm. small amounts of, you know, long acting, short acting insulin applied appropriately applied to the appropriately to yes. the appropriate and then, athlete. And then clenbuterol, which is, um, which is vastly different in females than it is in males. Vastly different. Yep. So, and once again, there's a safer use protocol in there. You do not need to be taking 150 micrograms of clenbuterol no. ever at any point in time. No. More is not better, right? And cycling it like three days on, one day off, five days on, two days. There is some crazy shit out there that is fueled by nothing more than experiential growth science. And it drives us fucking bananas. Sorry, I'm shaking. Shake. Uh. <laughs> So, um, yeah, but what Jamie and I want to bring to the table is just safer use models. And this isn't new. This isn't unique to us. This is what is the movement that's happening within the industry that coaches that actually fucking care about their clients will do. It's not about making money. It's not about having 150 clients on your roster so you can live carefree in the Bahamas. It's about getting people to their goals in a safe and effective manner. That's what coaching should be about. Well, and I think that it's a lot of people don't like the safer use model because it's not as extreme and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't get you like the, the instant results in like six, six months. <laughs> I, I say six months, but, but I think that that's part of the reason why people are like, yeah, but that's fucking boring. Six second abs. Yeah. You just need 4,000 milligrams of trend. <laughs> why not? Trend bologna sandwiches. Trend bologna sandwiches. Everyone's getting them three times a day. Yeah. It's not cool. It's not cool. So, so anyways, I want to be able to like open the door about discussing this and about bringing forth some legitimate information for women. I know that there are a couple of other females out there that have been pretty transparent about their use and, you know, they're speaking at conferences and seminars and, um, you know, I, I, I can't ever say that I will have the, uh, the knowledge or the experience that say like Victoria Felker does. Cause that is like something that is, she's like beyond anything that is capable. I think um, like she's brilliant. Yep. she is. Um, and, but I like, I want to be able to have the knowledge to do this and provide guidance, but also from an experiential point as well. Um, so yeah, I just, uh, just wanted to talk about the reasons why I've been very hesitant about, about stepping forward about all of this. And I know that for sure, had I carried on down the road with that first coach, I wouldn't be where I am today health-wise and I probably wouldn't be competing. And that wasn't very long ago. No, it wasn't. So if you think about that, that was like four years ago that I started. You were literally burning the candle at both ends and then lighting it on fire in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. And that wasn't going to last. I mean, I went through like almost an entire prep with no carbs. Yeah. Zero, zero carbs, zero carbs. That's, and I mean, we're off topic of anabolics. And I mean, I've been very vocal for a very long period of time about the whole low carb thing, 
but um there is application for having no carbs within prep in yes specific periods of time yeah. right like like if you look at right now i mean i can talk about where i'm at with food and like in you, my prep you have so much food right now i don't know what you do all yeah. oh my god she eats nothing yeah. coffee but you're also um, doing something extreme yes that people so need to understand um yeah. And that's the thing is like, I think that it's often overlooked how extreme people have to go in order to get extremely lean. Yeah. Right. Like this is something I am at a place now where I don't think I've ever been no, you know, like comparing photos now, five, six weeks out um, from the last time I competed, I, I don't even look like the same human being. And, um, and so when like right now, on training days, I'm just under 1300 calories. I mean, I have a hundred and some grams of carbs that are, you know, distributed throughout the day, but, and, you know, it's not a lot. And then also on off days, I meant, think I meant like 950 calories on off days, 12,000 steps, which and I'm like stressed because I barely have any steps today. I'm like, decided to do a podcast, sit in my ass for an hour. And I'm like, shit, I could have been walking. Um, and then, and then I have 90 minutes of steady state cardio. So, you know, I'm, I, it, could you imagine me doing this now and not having any carbs at oh all? God, like, no. like I, there, the, my recovery would be non-existent. Yes. And then all of the hard-earned muscle that I built in off-season, where would it go? Uh, disappeared. Yeah. Just for clarity, Jamie is competing at a high level. You do not need to do what she is doing to achieve the physique you want. But to compete at the level she's competing at, she has to do that, right? So there's obvious sacrifices that come with this as far as like food, time, social, that kind of thing. I don't like people anyways. <laughs> Do you like me? I like you. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. But I I would I'm totally fine with being antisocial. So oh, seems to go with the bodybuilding community yeah. sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I mean, why don't we why don't we wrap it up a bit? Um I think in the future we would like to do more of these podcasts on a regular basis. We want to be transparent about things that we prescribe for our clients and talk about with our clients. And we want to hear questions that you guys have that we can bring to the podcast and answer for you. Um, we're going to continue to do the lives or you and Derek will continue to do the lives. I will jump in when I can, when my shift schedule enables me to. Um, and I think those are good platforms, but we want to continue doing the podcast. And I guess she told me we got to be on video. So we're on video. Well, so. I mean, people like to watch. They like to look at you because <laughs> you're beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> How many days has it been since I washed my hair? I don't know. It still always looks good. Though. Yeah. So anyways, we're going to wrap it up. Yeah. Anything else we need to say? Get a no. hold of us on Instagram. You know where to reach us. Jamie Elevated, Mike Elevated, Derek Elevated, mm -hmm. and all that good stuff. So until then, I hope you guys enjoy.